The Staff and Graph Podcast. This is weird. My lock's been drilled, so I open the door and my steering wheel is missing. In looks for salad. You know what? You're trying very hard not to get sued. You can have all the talent in the world skating around, but if you don't have a goaltender, it does not matter. Team tidy business, baby. Welcome back to the Staff and Graph Podcast. I am Mike Stevens of Sports Illustrated and the Hockey News, and sitting virtually across from me is the one, the only future first female GM in NHL history, Rachel Dory. Rachel, how you doing, champ? Little sauced right now, I'm not going to lie. This is a yeah. This we is got, a good vibes podcast. We got a saucy pod. We got a saucy pod right now. Rachel is Rachel's had, you know, she's had she's had a couple adult beverages before this. Um, and you deserved. know what? It's our podcast. We can do whatever, yeah, deserved. It's our podcast. We can do whatever the hell we want. So Rachel is uh, is is going to be coming in hot. Can't wait to see. Uh, can't wait to see what I'm able to apply out of her in her inebriated state. Here, it's going to be fantastic because normally, normally we're on like lockdown when it comes to this stuff. Like, like it's. You know, Rachel, the amount of knowledge that Rachel has and not me being the journo on, on the thing, I'm always poking and prodding and being like, hey, you know, like, let's like, how, how can I sneak some info out of Rachel here? And normally it's Fort Knox. Like she's, you know, pr- very professional, very locked down. But now, now we're, she doesn't have, she doesn't have all of her wits about her. So it's time to, it's time to manipulate a little. <laughs> it's going to be fun. <laughs> I'm definitely like. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Time to gaslight a little bit, you know. We're gonna gaslight. We're gonna gatekeep. It's gonna be maybe fun. I'll make some insinuations today for everybody. Maybe it's some. Yeah, some good insinuations. That's we love the, that's to the insinuate on right. this podcast. Love, love that. We sure do. We sure do. All right, we have uh, we have some headlines that we're gonna hop into. I have uh, the first one in here is sad, so we're gonna save that to the end um, because we this is a good vibes podcast. So. Starting here is the Oakland Raiders. I believe he's a defensive end. Carl Nassib today on Instagram uh, posted a video coming out as the first active NFL player uh, to come out as gay. Did he? Incredible. He did. Yes. Did you not see this? I have, as you behind the scenes know, I have yeah. been quite preoccupied today. No, but I love this. This is fantastic. Please fill me in. Yeah. So Carl Nassib, um, he, so actually he was a star of I believe it was the Cleveland Browns Hard Knocks. You know what Hard Knocks is, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. The HBO like it's basically twenty four seven, but in in training. But camp. better. But better, yes. And well, I, I don't know, man. Those twenty four sevens were freaking great. They got to bring those. Also, back. the All or Nothing on Amazon, like the Manchester City ones, those are the best. Like they're better than Hard Knocks. They're sick. But anyways, I Hard Knocks. Not, I am not looking forward to the Leafs one. But anyway, yes. So he was. He was like one of the. He was. They always choose one dude who's like quirky or whatever, and they kind of make him like the star. And he was the star. He's really funny. He's really good. Like he's not. Maybe he's not the best player, but he's really good. And he's. And the thing is, like, he's an active player. Who is who? You know, is strong enough, to, and he's to come out as gay, and he's donating a hundred thousand dollars to the Trevor Project, um, which is to combat uh, uh, LGBTQ um, suicide, which is incredibly important. Well, um, happy Pride then, because that 100%. is fantastic. And my dad's a massive Oakland Raiders fan. So well, they're like, not Oakland anymore; they're Las Vegas, but still. Whatever. He's a yeah, massive, massive Raiders, Raiders fan. fan. And get a NASA jersey. Let's go. Yeah, it might have to. Like the last jersey this man has owned is a Charles Woodson jersey, which was like literally when I was born. Probably. Oh wow. 
Yeah, it's been a while. He just wears the same one. But I mean, I know my dad watches the Raiders, so like I'm sure I'm going to hear about this at some point because like I like to hang out with my dad on Sundays. Um, also, happy belated Father's Day. Um, yes. To ev- all the dads. Hey, tell, you, um, tell hey everyone, tell your dad I say happy Father's Day. Oh God. But this is, that's fantastic to see. Like it, I love seeing, it's always, it's not the same when the athlete comes out after their career to come out in one of the most masculine sports on earth, um, takes tremendous courage. I hope he gets nothing but support from everybody in the Raiders organization. Um, he's going to be a fantastic example for young athletes and I, I love it. I'm so on board with this. Well, it just, I mean, it, it just matters. Like from what I'm seeing right now, it, like all the, you know, everything is, is really extremely positive. Like he had a great, he, he posted essentially an Instagram, uh, yeah, his defensive end. Sorry. I just want to make it clear. Um, yeah, he posted an Instagram video of him essentially confirming it, which is, you know, like it takes a lot of, a lot of strength. Like we said, like, uh, uh we speak about hard knocks, like you you see a lot of the and they don't they show kind of everything because the NFL kind of the the deal they have is that Hard Knocks is able to show everything like kind of un, unadulterated and like you see it's just it's not necessarily like overt homophobia but it's just you know there's like there's there's it's micro veiled. there's microaggressions you know that that maybe are not even like intentional but are just kind of ingrained into the the culture of sports and specifically football. And so for him to do this, come out, like he could have waited until his career was over and then come out, you know, just to make it easy on everyone. But no, like he's, he's, he's being an icon and that's extremely, extremely brave. And you know what? There is going to be kids that are growing up, like you said, who, you know, love football, but are gay. And now they have someone who identifies like they do. And that is so important. Yeah. Like, it's so important to have a role model. And wow, honestly, what a great start to the pod. Like, what a great start. Well, love we're, that. We're going, we're, I love that. We're kicking it off with another great story. So JT Brown, you know, I, I, I'm going to refer to JT Brown as Lexi Brown's husband because legit Dr. Lexi Brown. I, my, I'm so sorry. Dr. Lexi Brown. My sincere apologies. Like, <laughs> I, and that's not me being sarcastic. I can't, I'm, I'm really sorry. She's for a not. PhD. Yeah. She's, she's a PhD. Tech, yes. She's Dr. Lexi Brown. Um, he retires. And then immediately unretires. <laughs> he retired today. And then immediately unretires to join the Seattle Kraken broadcast team. He's going to do color commentary with John Forslund. You know, announced it with a very, very uh, um, entertaining Twitter video. Just the Seattle. I'm interested to see how this plays out, though, because like generally we see so like former players who look at like Ray Ferraro, Mike Johnson, mm-hmm. even Craig Simpson, like they do color commentary. But a lot of times they start in studio and it takes a while to kind of like get used yeah. to it because like let's just call a spade a spade here. Like broadcasting is hard. So hard. Right. So JT Brown, I'm going to put this out there right now. There are going to be some hiccups. He's not going to be perfect. He's learning. But the fact that Seattle is giving him an opportunity to do this, and he's going to have John Forslund, who's one of the best play-by-play hockey guys there is, like, there's going to be hiccups. There's going to be, they're not going to be in sync right away because they haven't worked together. Mm -hmm. But when they get in sync, I love both of their, like, JT Brown's personality. Yeah. Absolutely fantastic. I I have always, similar to PK Subban. Who is killing it on ESPN, by the way. Keith Yandel. I think they'll be fantastic um, on TV. And so for JT Brown to get this opportunity right away, and he's been right at the forefront of the Black Lives Matter stuff, Mm -hmm. and just such an important voice for that. I think this is absolutely fantastic, and I'm really looking forward to this. 
you know what Seattle did? Because, yeah, like you said, normally there is sort of a uh, sort of a climb, if you will. There's like a, there's a sort of a, a grooming process where, you know, they like you don't normally see someone like you start as like an in-studio analyst. Yeah. You do like off shows. So like for TSN, for example, like it's that's hockey for sports edits, uh, like you do hockey central at noon or something kind of thing. Yeah. like you do you do stuff like that i think about like justin Bourne kind of thing but with jt brown like he's clearly he's just come from the nhl he knows what's up yeah um at the forefront like i think it's a it's almost like a match made in heaven and like i said like there's gonna be i'm sure that they're gonna try and help him out over this off season and and maybe do some dry runs whatever the case may be but like this is awesome well what they clearly did is they saw someone with talent and they went, we want this guy in our booth. We want him to be the face of our inaugural broadcast team. We want to start the ground. We want to hit the ground running because, you know, like having a broadcast, like you want to, you're going to, these are the people that your fans are going to draw a connection with. Like, keep in mind, like these are going to be the voices of the team and the only voices of the team for a while. Like this, these are the first voices you're going to hear. And they want, they want that kind of relationship to be prolonged and so they thought okay we will take the hiccups but this is a guy with talent who clearly has exactly who clearly has the the rapport with with uh even in the video you can see like the, a great rapport with Forslund. i think it's gonna be fantastic the All other s- thing i just thought of what is this team is literally owned by jerry brockheimer if yeah. you don't think that he has access to people who can work with JT and John and whatever other broadcast people they bring in to make this broadcast just a step above like anything else. Like that's exactly what's going to happen here. This broadcast and all of the marketing, like if you look at the announcement of the videos, like how they were produced, everything is just way far and away better than any other NHL team. And so I would not be surprised if JT Brown is given opportunities to work with people who have experience in broadcasting and for other people that they hire to have that experience in the Hollywood side of things so that they are well-equipped for the job that they need to do. I think that would be so sick. Yeah, like I don't think people understand that Jerry Bruckheimer is like one of, if not the most influential producers in Hollywood. Like that guy, him and Spielberg, basically. Well, yeah, Spielberg's producing, yeah, but he's like he's mainly a director. Like Bruckheimer, it's like Pirates of the Caribbean, like all of the CSIs, you know. Like my dad and I used to watch Lucifer. Does he do Lucifer too? He does Lucifer. Oh, okay, I don't watch Lucifer, but all I, I know that my dad and I were like fiends on CSI growing CSI up. CSI Miami, baby. CSI Miami, yes, exactly. Hor- Detective Horatio Kane. Or sorry, Lieutenant. I think he's Lieutenant Horatio Kane, but still. Lieutenant. I I want to end every podcast with the sunglasses thing that he does before the intro, and then you go, "Yow!" Like the <laughs> you know. It's, That's how they should have introduced JD Brown. They should have with that. That would have been sick. They should have got David Caruso, the actor, to play Wait, him. Idea. Yeah. What if Seattle? So they come out onto the ice mm-hmm. and like. When they're introduce like when they introduce the players, it comes with the CSI Miami like theme song or something like that. Like here's it what they got to so do. Funny. Here's what they got to do. Here's what they got to do. I j- it just came to me. So it's 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 detect it's it's David Caruso the actor in costume as Detective Horatio Kane right before the first game. I'm already in. Right before the first game, he's on the jumbotron. Or I guess or I guess you know what he's 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 in person. Let's just say that at center ice before the players go on right. 
and it's the pregame Sam Raisin goes, looks like we've got to. And then he puts the sunglasses on and go release the Kraken. And then, ah! and then all the players come in onto the, onto the ice. How oh sick! God, it has to how sick is that? Like, if they don't do hire, if they don't do that, hire Mike Stevens immediately. Exactly, they're not doing this right if they don't do that. Like, come on, come on, that's awesome! Oh my god, that's amazing. Okay, right. carry on. <laughs> let's let's do. It. All right, so wow, we are we're, we're rolling so off the rails right now. We are rolling, but is that is that not the best idea I've ever had? Incredible! Oh it's my a god, very, it's a very Cut, low bar. Clip, send, print. Let's go. Yeah, that's our that's our headliner right there. Boom! We already got it. We already got it. All right. Some other more lighter headlines before we dive into the two uh, heavy ones. Oliver Ekman Larson is looking for a trade again. Second straight summer. Now, last summer, he essentially handcuffed his team where he went, sure, I I will only get trade to two teams, Boston and Vancouver. It's going to be a riot either way. And if you didn't get that, the Vancouver riots. Anyway, um, and so he'll go and he went, you know, find me a trade that'll work out well for you with only those two teams and Arizona went we probably couldn't do that with all of our teams because we are deeply incompetent and so what are our chances to do that with only two so he is now still a coyote now circle back to this year it's a little different he wants to he essentially wants to get out but he essentially how they're how they're handling this is the team will check the market they will they will get trades and they will present it to him you know, like like the like a king on his throne, the humble court. It's jester. a King Bob in recess. Yes, the the humble court jester will will approach the throne, get down on one knee, and say, "My lord, here are the trades that we have have compiled for you." And Oliver Ekman Larson, being the king of Arizona, apparently gets to choose where he where he wants to go. Now, here's the thing about Oliver Ekman Larson, he's not that good anymore, right? Yeah, he's not great like he's he's a top four defenseman i think but like not top two and he's gonna get he's he's probably going to he's viewed i think still by the by the main hockey consensus as still that top two defenseman i think that he used to be fair like like he's name brand yeah i'm not disagreeing with that yeah so i think i think we're ripe for an overpay here Oh, absolutely. Jim Benning's uh, 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 trade senses are tingling right now. Bim Jenning. Bim Jenning is is hot and bothered. He can he can overpay for a over-the-hill defenseman. Let's do this. Let's go. Yeah, like I think Ekman Larson at this point is probably worth like maybe like a, a second or a third and, and, and a prospect mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, think like what Jake Muzzin got. So, like, Carl Grundstrom and Sean Dersey kind of thing. Like, that's In the likely. First, no, no, no. Like, think about kind of like those level prospects. Um, I think that's probably what we're looking at here. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he garnered a first round pick just because of the market. Yeah. And teams are going to overpay. But yeah, I think he's probably worth like what you'd pay for a number four defenseman. So. Is he is he sort of a number four defense right now? Because he's got he's also got a big contract. He's got eight point five million per year. Oh, there's going to be some salary retention. You'd have um, to think so. Yeah, there has to be. Uh, and yes, uh, I think he's he's a second pairing defenseman. What's his sal- What's his salary structure right now? Like, how much actual money has been paid to him? Because I feel like I feel like Arizona will be far more content to take to eat the cap hip and not the actual salary. 
Right. So in Arizona, traditionally, um, there aren't a ton of like signing bonuses. There aren't, there's not a ton of like back end salary. Like there isn't a ton of that. Um, but yeah, he is base salary is, uh, 10 and 10. Whoa, whoa, whoa. 10.5 this coming year, then 5.25, then 10.5, then 8, then 5.25, and 5.25, yeah. Why Why the dip next year? Uh, because that was supposed to be the lockout year. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I forgot about that. Yeah, so, and there are no, there's a signing bonus in in July of 2022, and then nothing after that. So the majority of the contracts is definitely still need to be paid. Yeah. So and they just so right now they've only paid him twelve million dollars of the sixty six. Oh no! So yeah, they're gonna be retaining on that. Oh no! That's not. Or good. they're giving up a first. That's not good. Oh, that's not good. Yeah, they they should definitely retain on that for sure. Yeah. Um. All right, and la- and I guess lots of our our lighter ones, according to Elliot Freeman on headlines. Um. The entire Leafs coaching staff is expected to come back next year, barring them getting any, uh, any, I guess, outside job opportunities. And I feel like, and he says a couple of teams have actually asked uh, to, to speak with them. But so barring- speaking, speaking of that, yes. Jack, I, I, Jack Capuano was asked to interview. Yeah, this is bullshit. This is 100% bullshit. And, and Melnick said no, which like. Yeah, hard fuck that. On, on, that shouldn't on, even be allowed. Like, if you are asked to be interviewed for a job above what you currently are, so let's say you're an assistant coach and you are asked to be for head coach, or you're an assistant GM and you want to be, so like when I was in New Jersey, Tom Fitzgerald was the assistant GM, and Minnesota asked for permission to interview him before they hired Paul Fenton to be the GM. Mm-hmm. If that happens where it's like a step up, you shouldn't be allowed to say no. The like, NFL has be, a rule for that. You're yeah, not, like you just shouldn't be allowed. The NFL actually just repealed, I believe it was last year, like summer of twenty of twenty twenty, where they repeal like they already had a rule that you're not allowed to to like deny permission for someone if they're going to get a job, like if they're interviewing for a job that's above where they are. And they, I believe they just repealed something that will allow or that that bars teams from rejecting permission to e- even for a lateral move. Oh, weird. Okay, lateral. I understand. But I think but, it's it was. It but it was has also, to be a raise in salary then. I believe it's I believe it's a salary raise, but it was also like to to help, I guess like um, what's it called? Like like more diverse candidates come in because oh, the NFL, yeah. well, the NFL has a has a real has a real problem with that. Oh yes, as opposed to all of the diverse candidates in the NHL that we well, know no, of. But like there's the thing about the NFL is there's a far more like there is a diverse pool of candidates. They're just not, they're just like willfully not picking them. Yeah. Like how is, what is his name? Eric B Yeah. How, how is, is he, he not, not a head coach? He basically orchestrated. Even like I know that. And yeah. I can barely name, we established last podcast yes. that I can barely name 10 football players, but I could tell you who that is. Holy You're surprised shit. right now. Aren't you? I'm extremely surprised because you were, you literally in the top, in the 10 football players you tried to name last episode, you named like three that he been retired for at least five years. And you know, can we Eric try that again? Cause I can actually okay, do okay. it. Hey, Carl Nassib doesn't count. We just talked about him. That's fine. Okay, so hit me with 10, 10 active NFL players right now. Okay. I'm, I'm, Tom, I'm a guy. Hold on. I'm a guy in a bar. 
You yeah. say you're a football fan, and I go, oh, yeah? Name me 10 players. Go. What? Okay. Tom Brady. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Uh, Baker Mayfield. Yep. Um, uh, no, not Jordy Nelson. The other guy. Um, Jordy Nelson. Devontae Adams is okay. who I was yes. thinking of. The receiver. Yeah. Um, uh, Russell Wilson. Um DK Metcalf. I freaking love DK Metcalf. Yeah. That guy's awesome. Um, what are we what at? Is, is that six or seven? That uh, I think it's six. Okay, six. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo, because he's like yep. very nice to look at. He's the do hottest draft picks, dude on the planet. Am I allowed to do draft picks? No, active NFL players. Oh, because I can actually name draft picks, which is, I feel like, more impressive. What do you mean draft um, picks? Like guys who like, got drafted this year? Yeah. Like who? Like Trey Lance, Mac Jones. Oh, yeah. But didn't we, we watch the NFL draft together, didn't we? No. Or wasn't it on? Yeah, it was on for a bit. It was on, we were... but we weren't watching it. Okay, that's true. Yeah. Zach Wilson. Okay, um... but no, I'm, I'm talking active NFL players. Okay. Uh... So Garoppolo made it seven. Okay, well, fine then. Because I was like, I actually like looked at like all those ones. Um... I'm trying to just like go through the t- Ben Roethlisberger, yep. Chase Claypool, yep. Canadian boy, um, and one more. You got one more. Who's my favorite? Or no, he's he actually retired, so I can't. Daniel Jones. <laughs> oh my god, he Daniel Jones! Terrible. Danny Dimes is the is the guy you want to run. Well, yeah, because he around. fell okay. over running. <laughs> On an, that would have been one of the coolest. That would, how have we, how has, as a society, have we forgotten that that happened? That would have been one of the coolest running touchdowns by a, by a quarterback in a long time. It was like a 90 yard touchdown run and he fucking tripped over the. Even, didn't he get like a sick block from what was it, like Evan Ingram? Yeah, he got a sick oh, block. Oh, there's 11. <laughs> it was absurd. It, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. All right. Um, so Kelly we've established McKinley. that I can name football players. Yeah, it, but like I was shocked that you could that you just out of like out of your hat like you you had that on deck, Eric Bieniemy. So you knew it. I, I'm impressed. Very good, very good. Um, Kelly McCrimmon, unfortunately, test positive for COVID nineteen um, on uh, Saturday, I believe it was. Or Sunday. Didn't no, Dominic Sunday. Ducharme also? Yes. So this was two days after Dominic Ducharme tested positive uh, for COVID, and he is away for the team, isolating for 14 days. I believe he's four days into that now. Um, and the Canadians are one and one with him on the, uh, you know, off the bench, which is the second straight year in the playoffs, the second straight playoffs that Montreal has lost its head coach midway through the playoffs. Okay, but one was like, Heart condition. A legitimate heart issue. Yeah, and the other one is the global plague. He has no symptoms, which is positive. Thank Obviously, God. We don't want that. He's double vaccinated, which is also, you know what? This is a really good time to point this out. Just because you're vaccinated doesn't mean you can't get COVID. It just means that you're likely to not have symptoms, which he doesn't have symptoms, and you're likely to be able to fight it off. That's like saying you can't get like shingles because you've had the vaccine yeah. no you very can get shingles it's just you'll get it way less more dangerous and you likely won't be in the hospital or in the icu that's the difference yeah right? the it's vaccine not, just not makes the, your body ready to fight it right it's not like polio where we've actually figured out a way to completely eradicate it like yeah it's not the same thing it's actually a completely different type of virus it's like the flu shot you could still get the friggin' flu i every year i get the flu shot i get the flu so now i'm just like 
but like yeah. you can still you absolutely can still get it it just makes dealing with it a lot less taxing on your body and on the healthcare system yeah people people confuse a vaccine with a cure they're not the same thing no but it's look thank god we know he's over vaccinated thank god he has thank god he's got he doesn't have any symptoms like these are like it's one thing when the players get and obviously we've seen it just ravage players so it's absolutely horrible um but it's it's also another thing when the management and coaching staff gets it because they are older and you know in in you know like look sometimes not in the best health yeah i was gonna say like in worse shape like let's let's be real like the most like the most jacked 40 year old is probably from like an actual immune system perspective is probably not as you know <laughs> mark bergevin is ripped yeah like mark bergevin's like jacked out of his mind but like i bet i bet like zach efron's got a better immune system than him you know like it's like just you're younger like it's 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 easier so yeah that's yeah. like how this works now the thing the thing about that is with with McCrimmon is he was bro- he was shown on the broadcast on uh, Friday night talking with right. George McPhee without a mask on, and then he tests positive for COVID two days later. So this is this is tricky because we haven't now no players have been added to the COVID list since this happened. So that's you know good sign. Knock on wood. But this is tricky because now I wonder what they're gonna do with. McPhee because we haven't heard anything about that yet we haven't heard about any of his test results like the NHL apparently said that they were they just gave them a warning essentially because that was violating they basically said like wear your mask or we're suspending or fining you but like what's that gonna do like it's how are you not wearing a mask though like wake up speaking of which I was on the train on Sunday and a man was wearing a mask on his forehead and I was like like we're 18 months into a pandemic and how are you wearing a mask on your forehead do you like, not feel weird like not wearing a mask inside a building now like like oh i'm like visibly uncomfortable like, like, I, like I accidentally wore a mask in my own house because yeah. it was just like accustomed i did that i i do that too like i'll come back from grocery shopping and i'll be like putting my groceries away and it'll be a solid like 20 minutes before i realize i still have my mask on but like even today like I was like I went out for for some exercise, you know, it was crazy. Then came back and I'm in the elevator, you know. Thank God it came, and I'm like heaving, you know, like not heaving, but I'm like I'm I'm you know breathing very heavily because I just you know did some cardio, and I'm like I can't breathe very well, like you know because I have a mask on and I the, and normally the the temptation would be to take it off so you can breathe heavier. I'm alone in the elevator, and even then I was like, nah, this is weird. I got to keep my mask on. Like it just it's become that sort of third limb that you have now. I love it. Yeah. Like, honestly, if you, if you have been wearing your mask, like you're supposed to for like the last 18 months, like you're used to it now. Yeah. And I haven't gotten, I haven't gotten a cold or the flu or anything since this pandemic started. I love the people that are like, see, like we're not getting colds or the flu. Yeah. Cause everyone's inside and also everyone's wearing a mask. Like this is not difficult. Yeah, like it's I I used to get just because my sleep and eating habits were shit when I was in university. Like <laughs> I used to get hit with a cold like every other month, like knock me on my Jeez. ass. It was nuts just because I was sleeping like three hours a night working like five jobs, you know, like all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sure it's the same with you. I think honestly now from going forward, like let's say I have so like I get strep quite a bit. Yeah, I've like, had strep too. It's uh, I had I mono get, and I strep at the same time. Yeah, Ooh. I get strep quite a bit. I think I'm just going to employ the like if I'm feeling under the weather, I'm going to wear a mask. Like, yes, just, 
Everyone because is, I it, think. Like, it just looks like considerate for your other humans. And then we have other people being like, well, I don't want to get vaccinated because everybody else is vaccinated. Shut up. I, like, I think I think that's going to be the new custom. Like, man, I had when I was in when I was in grade 11, I got mono and I don't think I, I also like mono's the kissing disease. And I am probably the only person on the planet who has gotten mono not from kissing anybody. So that's great. I've been down bad my entire life. And um, and I, it took me out of school for four months. Like, yeah, I, I you, was, you, you told us this. And there was a rumor going around my high school that I had died because no one heard me, <laughs> heard from me for like four months. Good I just stuff. stopped showing up to school one day and I was like so sick that like I just had no energy to talk to people. And so they were like, what the, f- what happened to Mike? Is he dead? Like, so it's. Man, so the moral of the story here yeah, wear a mask. is wear a mask and you are way less likely to get COVID. And check on your, check in on your friends if they have mono. All right. And our, our last one is unfortunately Tom Curvers, uh, wild assistant GM, um, has passed away. Uh, I believe this morning at age 58 of lung cancer. Um, he wasn't yeah. a smoker. So he had an inoperable yeah. cancer in his lungs. He, this, so I, I, you know, I did the news piece for it for uh, sports illustrated today and this doing that, you know, you, you go into a lot of sort of, uh, like research for this guy and man, he is an incredibly inspiring person. Like eight months after he was diagnosed with lung cancer, the guy ran a 10 K in support of lung I cancer. I literally can't even run 1K right now, and this man had cancer and ran 10. Lung cancer, too. Like, it's not... Like, that like, is... Like, the, the main thing that, that dictates how far you can run. And your lungs. Your lungs. He and his whole family <laughs> did it. And that event raised over $100,000. Um, that's just remarkable. He was a staple of uh, a Minnesota hockey. He played four years in Minnesota Duluth. Won the Hobie Baker in 1984, uh, was inducted into their Hall of Fame in 1991, and then came back to the state of hockey in uh, in 2018 as assistant general manager, where he served until he unfortunately passed away. So we just wanted to give, um, we just wanted to pay our respects to that, and, um, and and say that he the the whole hockey world will be missed. There's an outpouring of, of love for him that we've seen on Twitter. Everyone has you know no one's got a bad word to say about the guy. Um, I met him once yeah once or twice in new jersey unbelievably kind and and great great Mm -hmm. sense of humor like we used to look forward like when we saw his name on the list like after the first time we met him me and Paige, like Mm -hmm. we would always wonder like oh like is tom coming back because like great sense of humor so kind so patient like that sucks he like again i mean I don't know how many times I've said it on this podcast, but seriously, fuck cancer. Yeah, hundred percent. And you know, fifty-eight leaves behind his wife and four That's kids. Just horrible. Way so, too yeah, young. We're just sending all our love to the Curvers family right now. Terrible, but yeah. And so, if you can go donate to, to if you can, if you're listening to this, go try. If you can, go donate to uh, to any lung cancer or cancer in general uh, charities if you can, because it's just a terrible disease, and every every bit counts. All right. It's going to plot points. It's trending up. It's trending down to the NHL today. Trending down is Robin Leonard's give a shit a meter. Oh my God. I this love is, him. This is one of the most legendary quotes I've ever had. Like he, I've ever seen. Sorry. It wasn't my quote. I love but, this man so much. Like between mental health and how sassy he is. Oh, this God. guy. What was great too. Is it like, so here, let me, let me get the actual tweet up here. So it was, he was, 
he was put in for game four uh, on, on Sunday against the Montreal Canadiens after Mark andre Fleury decided to hand the game away himself. And cost uh, Rachel a lot of money. And cost Rachel a lot of money, yeah, before that. And so, <laughs> essentially, um, everyone was saying, why are you doing this, Mark, Mark andre Fleury? He's, he's a Vezina nom- nominee this year. This is, this is, it's going to be terrible. So Robin Leonard, <laughs> after the game... Robin Leonard's objectively, like, the best backup goalie in the league, and it's not close. Like, he's he not would even be the a number backup. one on, like... He would be the number one on like 20, 20 other teams. At least. Like it's, it's at so, least 20 other teams. So he was asked if he saw anything uh, online. He goes, yeah, I got, I got to the rink two hours early so I could watch you guys talk shit on Twitter to motivate me. <laughs> the bluntness with which he said it, though, was incredible. Like if you can watch the presser, there's a clip going around. Oh, my God. Like, just so, like, I took a bus here by myself. I was here four hours before the game, and I was, he was doom scrolling, essentially, but reading people talking shit about him to motivate himself, and then goes and puts in, like, oh, my God. I gotta tell you, I have a huge soft spot for athletes who are fueled purely by spite, um, because essentially that's what I am. Everything I do is to prove the doubters and the haters wrong. Um, and this guy, like for him to just come out and say this, it's remarkable. Also in, in the Nagel Navy group chat, I like to post that this is, that's Ian every time we're about to play Chell because he always does some hysterical fuck up and we all roast him for pr- approximately 48 hours after he does that. So he oh is my now, God, you guys are so mean. Uh, he, he, Rachel, if you saw some of the shit he did, you would, you would condone it. Okay, you would fine. condone it. Ian, oh my God, this guy, he's the, and the worst part is he's good. He just will walk the blue line and he should never do that anyway. But yeah, Robin Leonard, incredible. I want to hear more of this. Yeah. Can I have more of that? And what's great is I didn't hear a single curmudgeon say anything bad about this. So it's not going to dissuade anyone from doing this again, because normally like if this happens in baseball, you get fucking goose gossage coming out of the woodwork. Who's like 80. That's a real person, by the way. Who's I like, know that's a real person. Yeah. He's a former I, Yankees pitcher. Just remarkable that that's a person's name, by the way. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> and, and he, he will come out of the woodwork, you know, from his nursing home and, and say like, back in my day, you flip the pitcher a hay penny yeah, every well, time like, you back hit a, in your day. Like I tied an onion to my belt, which was the style at the time. No, it's like, <laughs> It's it's ridiculous. So I'm so glad that I'm, I yeah, love like athletes. They were still using a horse drawn carriage back in your day. So shush. exactly. I, so I just love I just love athletes who are fueled by spite. Robin Leonard clearly is. So my spiteful king, keep going, keep going. All right, trending, <laughs> trending up. You can't even get through <laughs> even, this. Okay, so I want to preface this. I didn't see this because I'm blocked, and I've told my my story about why I'm blocked by Damian Cox. And it's, it's all his fault, by the way. It's petulance. It's petulance. So trending up is Damian Cox's inability to enjoy Father's Day. Okay, can I just... <laughs> Craig Wyshynski had the tweet where it was basically, if I'm ever on day two of arguing with other writers about the Lady Bing trophy, kidnap me and drop me into a volcano. Abs- or like, all right, Grandpa, let's take you to a home. Like it's... Like, this is peak old man yelling at a cloud. He is. He like, does he, what's it? Does he still write for anyone? Does he still write for the, the Toronto no. star? 
Okay, then like he literally is an old man yelling at a cloud because all he does is put out <laughs> shitty opinions. He has no affiliations. So it's almost like there's an episode of The Office. I think I've made this point, but there's an episode before where there's an episode of The Office where um they they set the senile old guy up in the office named Creed. Uh, yes. uh th- yeah, they set him up with he thinks he has a blog, but it's really just an open word document that he types things into. And they tell him that it's going out and everyone's reading it, but he's really just typing his deranged thoughts into this word document. Can we just do that with Damien Cox? Like, can we just set up like a Google doc and say like, Hey Damien, this is Twitter. Type all of your things into here. And you go, okay. And he tweets out like, you know, but like, honestly, like I understand. Okay. Arguing about like, if you're going to be mad about something, be mad when Victor Hedman wins the Norris. Cause there's a legitimate reason to be upset about that because he wasn't even a top 10 defenseman this year. If you're going to be mad, be mad about that. Being mad about Jacob Slavin, a top defenseman in the league, taking a delay of game penalty only winning the Lady Bing is the dumbest shit you could possibly come up with when it comes to the NHL awards. I, why, like, they're... That's, I'm, about- honestly, that's dumber than the NHL GM nominees. Like, by far. Oh, for Damian sure. Damian Cox, guarantee you he thinks Hedman should win the Norris. Guaranteed. Rachel, we've been over this many times. Like the pandemic has made me think of life completely differently. Like approach the life. Can, the panini, sorry. A panorama has, has made me um, think of life, just like approach life completely differently. And I don't understand how after all we've been through, realize like all we've seen, you know, people have lost loved ones, like all this. We realize that time is, you know, like it, it's it's so valuable. You know, like our time on this earth is so valuable and, and we need to appreciate every positive little thing we can because it could take away, it could get taken away at any moment. That Damian Cox decides to dedicate two days, one of them being Father's Day, of which he he's is, a father, I believe, of four. He of Yes, of which he is a father. So like he should be, you know, getting breakfast in bed and and, you know, going out for brunch, and going out for brunch and playing some golf. Instead, he's glued to his phone. Beautiful day on Sunday, by the way. Beautiful oh, day. Amazing. And, I went swimming. Exactly. Beautiful day to spend with your kids or socially distance if you live apart, like all that. Instead, he's glued to his phone. In a dimly lit room, I imagine. <laughs> Yelling Just at other writers. About the Lady Bing. Of the, like no one even, gives oh. a shit about the Lady Bing. I'm sorry. It's first of all, it's the gentlemanly award, which is like the most boring award. Which second why all, was Austin Matthews nominated for that? <laughs> but like second of all, it's also vote not voted on by the right people. It's voted on by the writers when it should be That's, voted on by NHLers or the refs. I was gonna say the refs, like who oh, call the penalties? You know if you want to give them to, if you want to give the refs power to do something, let them vote. Because if anyone's gonna know who is the most genuine, like gentlemanly player. It's them. Listen, I have, there were seasons in, in the GTHL where, you know, like we've already been over how, how I had, I got suspended for like 30 games or something, but there were seasons that I had in the GTHL where, you know, I would, I, I had like, you know, no suspensions, like, you know, like not very many penalty minutes, but I said some heinous things to refs and, and <laughs> If I, and if I was, which, you know, and, and potentially that could have put me up for the lady. Bing to be because fair, I was, I was given a red card in soccer for descent of an official. Well, I f- like I flipped off an official and got kicked out like, of the game. I swore at him in German and didn't realize he spoke German. Oh, Rachel, come on. <laughs> 
Yeah. Wow, you got, said, you got got. Uh, <laughs> not good things. And like, it wasn't just like I told him to, to fuck off in German. I said some things about his officiating in German and he spoke German and it was a red card. <laughs> I remember, yeah, right. I can't believe that you you thought you were safe and he just pulled out the German man. Hilarious. I said some. Oh, I said things good. about you know like like a, a, a officials like about their ability to, to ref the game about you know uh, uh, what what him and and his wife and I would be doing after the game you know stuff like that and Ooh. you know not 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 great stuff again angry fifteen year old all that but <laughs> there were certain like there were seasons where they just like wouldn't call me a, a penalty for it. So I wouldn't have, I would have very little, little penalty minutes and I played a lot of ice time. And so you can think, you know, that's essentially the criteria is lots of ice time, little penalties. All right. That'll earn you the lady, the lady Bing. But I'm, I was not gentlemanly what's gentlemanly whatsoever. And so why are the writers doing this? But, but what we're getting on here is what, like, why? Why are you arguing about this on Twitter on a Sunday? Why are you at all? Why are you the way you are? Like, why, why do you do this? Like, we, yeah. every, I, I don't, I don't think this why is a bit. Is it, why is it that every time he tweets something, it is colossally stupid? When was the last time you agreed? Like, when was the last time you had a, like, heartbreaking, the worst person you know makes a valid point? Like, when was the last time you were able to do that with Damian Cox? Because you can, like, I, any can't remember nhl by maddie occasionally will drop like a real like a weirdly woke take and i'll be like oh or like even joe Haggerty in boston like yeah who is like (laughs) joe Haggerty had a great point last night about the refs yeah i'm like holy shit like i i I was expecting this guy to be like i don't think there's enough violence i think there should be more brain trauma concussions are good but instead he you know he had a really woke point like specifically like i was i've been surprised by nhl by maddie sometimes he'll come out and just randomly be be like I think I think uh, uh, we should have socialized health. You know, like you'll just drop like some super something I'd expect from like Bernie Sanders. And I'll be like, whoa, OK, cool, man. That's awesome. Like, <laughs> whoa. It, but with Damien Cox, it's never that he doesn't have a single like, you know, uh, what's the word? <sighs> Salient point. No, I'm trying to what think is it? of. I remember Dangle when we were talking like it was about Milbury and he goes, why is Mike Milbury given a platform with yeah. which to speak? We need to do this with Damian Cox. He's already yeah. been canned from Sportsnet for being genuinely awful at his job. Yeah. Stop following him on Twitter. Stop reacting. He is irrelevant. He clearly is not worth your time. And again, if you were going to argue about the Lady Bing for two straight days, you deserve to be dropped in Mount St. Helens. I, let me tell you, I, I couldn't even follow him if I wanted to. So, hey. Well, you could, because you could look at him from our podcast account, but I refuse to give that man a follow from the podcast account. Why would we, why would we <laughs> ever do that? Like, it's, no. you don't even have to qualify that. Anyway, yes. All right. Also, LOL, and, people are like, I just want to pause on this for a second. Yeah. People think I use the podcast account to go and troll other people. As hey, if, if you did, I I'd be cool with that. Don't have better things to do. And also, if you think I'm going to troll you from a professional podcast account, you are wrong. If I was going to do that, I would create a burner account with one of the <laughs> eight email addresses I have. I would create a burner account like a normal person. 
But I also don't have time for a burner account. I haven't even eaten today because I don't have time. So just maybe think about what you are going with yeah. when you go down that thought process. Also, going rogue here for a second. So also trending up is is one specific comparison I want to bring. How much how much uh, NBA do you watch? Not a lot. So, but do you know, you know about Ben Simmons, right? Like, you know, well, I mean, that team was owned by the devil. So I'm intimately actually familiar with the 76ers, probably more familiar than I should be. Yeah. And so like you, you know that he essentially like, he's a good player, but he can't shoot. Yes. Did you see that? I I had multiple meetings with their analytics team where this was discussed. Really? Okay. So yes. So did you see the stat where he shot? I believe in the fourth quarter of the entire second round series that they just got eliminated from in the seventh game in which he played it. He, he shot zero shots in the fourth quarter, by the way. Yes, he has the Um, yips. It's very obvious. I, my comparison here is that Ben Simmons is NBA Mitch Marner. Hmm. He is a good, very good, talented player. Very good at one thing. But when the moment gets gets tall when the moment gets big buddy just wilts okay and his team can't go far and that it it just happened at least ben simmons makes the second i don't know enough about like the particular situation to make that comparison i do know about issues with ben simmons and like i have to be careful about what i say because I've just, met just with, name just name drop the Kardashians like it's fine like I it's it's just one of those actually funny enough I've met Brian Colangelo <laughs> oh my god so there's that he was dressed very nicely uh nice caller that day was he was he tweeting from his burner accounts was he slandering Joel Embiid from his burner accounts while you were talking I to him I don't know okay. anyways that's good all right and also trending up is is Ryan Pollock for Fesna. Because boy, oh boy, he made the save of the series. <laughs> and and he also won Rachel quite a bit of money. So thank you, Ryan. I really hey, appreciate it. We always love that. We always also, love Islanders, that. Also, Islanders, I want them to win. You do? Yes. Why? Because uh, the one of the only people I really, really enjoyed working with in New Jersey is the assistant GM there. And to this day, he okay. remains extremely kind and very helpful to me. Like, every single question I've asked him, he has answered. Uh, he provides a sounding board for my master's. Mm. Um, he doesn't divulge anything because he's very much like Lou when it comes to that kind of stuff. So, like, I never get anything out of him. But when it comes to, like, advice and just being a sounding board, like, he's the best person I have for that in hockey. And so, I mean, I I will cheer for the Islanders, especially because I don't really have... Um, I like to cheer for people and, uh, yeah, he's definitely, as far as I'm concerned of the four teams remaining, he's the best person on any of the four teams that I know of. Damn. All right. Well, Hey, go Islanders go. I I'm, I, I, I've never met this person, so I don't have the familiarity, um, that you do, but I'm also a fan of, but if I speak positively about my time with the devils, then it's gotta be pretty good. Yeah, exactly. Also, personally, I'm a big fan of entertaining hockey, so I'm gonna have to go go lightning go. Um, but hey, yeah, but they also cheat. So, yeah, but I mean, if it's I not- actually would like to see the Islanders have scored quite a bit of late. Like they're averaging, I believe, three yeah. and a half goals a game. So like it's they're they're actually pretty entertaining now. 
Um, I would I would think that the best series in terms of entertainment value would actually be Islanders Vegas because I think they're both big good for checking teams with mm-hmm. good goaltending and they don't have the high end talent at the top of the lineup but they do have talent throughout the lineup and so I feel like it would be evenly matched all four lines and that's why I think I want to see it because it's a, it's a clashing of styles, but not a huge clash of styles. And especially with the way the Islanders are playing now where they are creating offense and they are forechecking really well. They're playing with the puck a lot more and there isn't a whole lot of like quote unquote trapping going on. I actually have really liked the style the Islanders have played. And so I, I would be very interested to see them uh, go up against Vegas just because of um, how those teams are built. Damn. All right. Well, let's hop right into our, our, our fun little deep dive. It will be, Somewhat of a little deep dive. Uh, it's a shallow dive. It's a shallow dive. We're, we're taking a we're taking a dip in in the in the kids' pool today because Rachel's got Bachelor to 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 watch. And tonight. also, we've covered this ad nauseum on this podcast, but, and it's to the point where, like, I yeah, what full else transparently have straight up stopped watching hockey. Yeah, because it's I can't do it. I have one. I have better things to do, quite frankly, to than to watch that. All right. So before we hop into our into our little dip in the kids pool, let's get a word from our sponsor. I love that. That is the sound of another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run and grow your business. Shopify is a platform designed for anyone to sell anywhere, giving entrepreneurs like me the resources that were once reserved for big business and it's customized to your needs. You get a great looking online store that really helps bring your ideas to life and tools to manage the day-to-day and drive sales. And I'm speaking about this from experience. I'm really passionate about bass fishing. And a little over five years ago, I started an e-commerce bass fishing brand with my best friend, Aaron, called Woo Tungsten. Actually, it's pronounced Woo Tungsten, W-O-O exclamation mark, because that's the sound you make when you catch a giant bass. And it was a no brainer to do this on Shopify because they've made it so easy every step of the way from creating product listings to making discount codes to managing shipments. In fact, if you want to see what an e-commerce store looks like on Shopify, go to wootungsten.com and you can see. And it's no wonder that every 28 seconds, a small business owner makes their first sale on Shopify. You can get started by building and customizing your online store with no coding or design experience. And you can gain knowledge and confidence with extensive resources to help you succeed. Plus, with 24-7 support, you're never alone. It's more than a store. Shopify grows with you. This is possibility powered by Shopify. Go to shopify.com slash bluewire, all lowercase, for a free 14-day trial, and you'll get access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Start selling on Shopify today, just like me, just like Wu Tungsten, by going to shopify.com slash bluewire right now. That's shopify.com slash bluewire. So Rachel, I've, I, like we've said many times, I like to bring this up many times, um, you know, we, the pandemic has forced us to have a new perspective on life. And one of those for me is any time, like, I don't want to willfully bring any negative energy into my life. Like, like I don't like to, like, if I can avoid it, 
I don't want to engage in anything or do anything that will sort of intentionally bring negative energy into my life, which is great because the Leafs aren't playing anymore. So that's, that's the biggest source of it right there. Not going in there. Like I don't talk to people I don't want to talk to, like all that kind of whatever. One of those things is when I turn on an NHL hockey game, it's supposed to be a positive energy source for me, you know, especially playoffs. Like this is supposed to be the sport at its best. But when I'm turning on NHL hockey games now, all it does is make me seethe with rage because the officiating is worse than horseshit. It's it's twice. So like you can't even blame the officials at this point because it's so clearly obvious that I can blame Chris Lee. I can blame. Okay. I meant like the general officials. Yes. I was getting to Chris Lee. I know, but I just wanted to point out there. I can. Uh, we're going to give a lot of the officials a pass here because we know that it's Cole and Campbell, and I can't. I I, I will. I would I start a pod. Uh, I, I would start a podcast just to slander Cole and Campbell. Like, I that's genuinely the only think thing. that, and this is not even tinfoil hat. Like this is what I genuinely believe. Wes McCauley was voted. I believe it was the year I was employed by the Devils. Wes yeah. McCauley was voted by the players, the coaches, and the executives, <laughs> all three clean sweep, as being the best official in the game because he communicates. He's the best communicator. Like, I've seen that live. He is the best communicator. Like, it is, he's very open. He's very candid, calls it like it is. I guarantee you, the reason he is not officiating is because they know he will call things. That's the only reason. Is he will he do his job? Yes. He's not officiating because he will do he his job? He won't follow the mandate given by Colin Campbell to let everything go. Wes McCauley will, he might not call everything, but what we saw or what we're seeing currently would not happen if Wes McCauley was officiating the way he believes the game should be officiated. Because I actually have gotten a chance to talk to Wes McCauley, the refs, so on my like path to things and and doing things in New Jersey, we actually walk by like the yeah. refs change room and where they stretch and everything and where they walk in. I got to speak to Wes McCauley on numerous occasions. I got to talk to him about refing because I used to ref. So I got to talk to him about refing. I got to talk to him about what it's like to communicate with players and coaches and, and how we would talk about game management and all that kind of stuff. And, and just his outlook on the game. I know that he thinks that this mandate is trash. Like, there's no way that he would be able to adhere to the standard of officiating that's currently happening because he just he just he wouldn't be able to do it like his I believe it's his father used to be an NHL official and and so it's like a, a pretty deep family thing and and so he's probably just on the sidelines right now as the the game's best official because the NHL knows he won't follow the mandate of this trash heap that we're currently getting fuck this sport into infinity not even fuck this sport fuck this league because the double ihf has it right yeah it's like that you just hit hit the nail on the head like the best ref like voted on by all three factions of the people who are involved in the game is on the sidelines when the game is matters the most because he will do his job too well yeah like i remember there were there were many many times where we would get I'm not going to name certain officials, but we would get certain officials and, and all of us in the office would be like, fuck, like this is, this is ridiculous. But then every single time we got Wes McCauley, everyone was like, good, 
because we know what we're getting here. There is a level. You might not always like it, but there is a level of consistency with Wes McCauley. And, and he'll tell you, you his thinking. Like, he'll yeah, explain and if, it to if you. if you call him over... To, one thing I noticed was a lot of officials are a little too big for their britches in that when, like, oh, yeah. John Hines wanted to talk to them, or the one time we were playing Vegas, Gerard Gallant wanted to talk to them about a disallowed goal, and they just straight up ignored him. Whenever... If you say, Wes, this is my issue, I want to speak to you about it, he will give you the time of day, and he will hear you out, and he will explain to you his thinking, and most of the time, you might not like what he has to say, but at least he's explained his rationale, and that's why so many guys have so much respect for him, and I guarantee you it's why he's not officiating. Rachel, if you, like, if we were recording in person right now, and just out of the blue, you smacked me as hard as you could in the face... That would, yeah, that would be assault. Well, yes, but, um, but I, I would, I would be like, why the hell would you do that? And if you gave me a logical, rational reason, maybe I didn't agree with it, but you gave me a logical, rational reason as to why you'd do that, it would lessen it a bit, and I would at least know where your head's at, and that would make it easier to come to terms with the fact, yeah, like if that you, you just if we sucker were punched. Sitting, <laughs> if you were sitting co-host. across from me and you said "fuck Byron," and I slapped you across the face. Which would happen. Which absolutely would happen. Yeah. You would disagree why, with why I slapped you, but I would yes. explain to you. And then you'd be like, okay, fine. Exactly. You'd still exactly. be upset, but you'd be like, okay, there's a legitimate explanation there. Like if, you, if we were sitting across from each other and you went, Mike, you will never marry Florence Pugh, I would be hurt deeply to my core. But then you would explain to me that she is so much better than me and that she has these things called redeem like redemptive qualities that people look for. And I would go, you're right. You know, it, it make, you make a valid point. Okay. As much as, as much as it hurts me to, to accept this reality, at least you've explained it to me. And that is what a ref should do is look, you don't have to agree with the call because you know, like clearly you're going to be biased towards any call that goes your, goes your way. But at least if the ref comes over and says, you have a problem with, it, okay, so I'll hear you out. And then, here's where here's where I come in like here's here's where I'm coming from here I think that you know it, it was a trip because of this and that and I think the precedent we've said is this and that and I think this because but whatever then that's what makes it that's what makes it a you know a valid penalty then okay at least you can find common ground and it doesn't resort to you know throwing a bench on the ice or me stri- <laughs> Robbie Vitoric. exactly or me like strangling that official which is what or I would like be Joel Quenville grabbing his junk yeah, or like Craig McTavish like grabbing the the tongue of Har- Harvey the Hound from from the stands and like throwing it on the ice. Like that's but even when you think about it. So like we always have the conversation about officiating always. in the playoffs, right? But specifically in the playoffs. But for Craig Simpson on yes. the broadcast, Craig Simpson is he like just such a high class individual. He will never ever call out the league. For Craig Simpson to be outright aghast yeah. on the broadcast last night, basically going, what are, what are we doing? Was everybody, I want you to YouTube a guy named Taylor Twelman. He has, hmm. it started, it started, he's a soccer analyst. He's a former okay. U.S. men's national team guy. He's a, an analyst now, similar to like Ray Ferraro. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the best in north american soccer at what he does he has a segment because when the u.s failed to qualify for the world cup which was really bad 
it was, what are we doing? Like, everybody get your head out of your ass. But it's turned into a segment where he sees things in sports. So, like, when Trey Young was getting spit on and popcorn yeah. and water bottle, he did a segment. Fans, what are we doing? I know someone who is, is close with him. And I said, I need you to have him watch last night's game and do a what are we doing segment on the officiating because that is where we are right now when you have craig simpson calling out the officials on the broadcast for the first time i think ever yeah that is bad ray ferraro gord miller on twitter we've got people in boston calling it out we've got ken campbell calling it out obviously myself and dom like the regulars are calling it out but mm -hmm. when you have people like craig simpson and chris cuthbert and gord miller calling the officiating out with the severity that they were, we are well past, well past the barometer for acceptable. Look, let's be real. Like those are all company men. Like they're not going to, they're not going to trash the league in pretty much any circumstance. And well, Rogers has the NHL rights. Like, exactly. Like they're not going to go out and be like, Hey, you know, like, you know, the thing that is putting food on my table. Fuck it. Like, they're not going to go out and say that. But, but for like, Craig, Elliot Friedman called it out. And what's really interesting, and again, one of the nicest guys in the world, but I'm really starting to see his allegiances here. Ron McClain, a ref could like, a ref could shoot a player in, in, in front of Ron McClain, and he would use some sort of, uh, I think this is from a tweet that I saw, like, he would use, like, a Dr. Seuss quote or something, or a tragically hip lyric to, to yeah, say like, why it's Ron, okay. Ron, man. Like, this is in anyone who's been an official and like, I've got a couple friends who are still officials. They've all like, this is embarrassing. Like this is completely embarrassing. The only thing being called correctly in the entire game right now is offside. I even that was not even being called correctly well, yeah. offside because it's reviewable. So I exactly. not being called correctly offside, not being called correctly. Actually delay of game is also being called correctly. That's, That's good. it. So we've got two things in the entire game being called correctly. Elliot Elliot Friedman during two like during both intermission segments of last game tried to call out the refs, and Ron McLean put a stop to it like two sent two sentences in and said and did the whole like all right everyone put up your hand if you have a problem with the refs and I believe it was BX Rudy and, and BX called it a clown in. show last night. Yeah, but it's it's remarkable. Like again, love Ron McLean. You know, he's been the voice of my of my life basically. But like you, like this is how can you watch this game and how can you watch what's in front of you with two working eyes and think that it is fair or it is conducive to the health of the sport? Like ESPN, they're not going to oh, put up with this. No, they didn't like put the, up with it in basketball. They're certainly not going to put up with this. When the when the NFL had the replacement refs for the first three games of I think it was like 2014 or 20, 2012 maybe, and like in, it was just an absolutely officiating shit show. Like the broad like the broadcast networks complained. Like they're they're we're we're in the big leagues now. Like this is not like NBCSN. Like oh it's okay. We have you know we have the worst. You know what I, I kind of wish Boston was still in the playoffs because Jack Edwards. Oh yeah, he would have things to say jack edward would be our hulk because normally we need to direct his rage to a positive 
source because normally Jack Edwards has rage directed to like, yeah, I love how the Bruins just, you know, like scrambled that guy's brains forever, but we need to, we need to get him mad and then channel him towards a good cause. And this is as good one as ever. So yeah, it's kind of a, but the problem you have here is like with the NFL, the problem was the actual quality of the officials because they were replacement officials. Yes. That's not the issue in the NHL. No, it's Colin Campbell. These officials, if you stuck them in the double IHF, would be able to call that standard. They would get their mandate. They would be able to call it. The problem here is the guy at the top, and that's Colin Campbell. He is going to get himself in trouble because ESPN and TNT, such as Turner, are basically going to go, we are paying billions for this. Enough. That is what's going to happen. And they're going to have so. no choice. This is like, yeah, we're, we're not, this is not a little mom and pop shop we have going on. Like these are the big leagues. And I just want to say like the damage that Colin Campbell has done to hockey in the public consciousness is going to take decades to reverse. He is a deeply, deeply incompetent human being. I don't I think it's ever... more crooked than anything. Like the fact that he was involved in a series that his son was I know. playing in at the concussion emails, like all of it. Like, honestly, unless there's a change at the top, it's not going to change. And ESPN is going to do some heavy leaning. I would think that, Hey, we're paying now. We're a big company. This is not acceptable. Because when you're paying that amount of money, you want the stars playing. And the only way for the stars to have a chance at playing is if you actually called the rule book. How do we and get him out Gord of that? Miller, Gord Miller made a great point. And it's something I've been saying on the podcast for since basically it started. And that is we need a complete reset. These same players who play in the NHL can go to international tournaments, whether it's the Olympics or the World Championships, whatever the case may be, and they have to adhere to the double IHF standard of officiating. These same players. If they did it in the 05-06 year after the lockout when they really cracked down on obstruction. You take a full reset. You say, we're calling the rulebook tight. Within 10 games, we will see a complete adjustment in how the game is not only officiated, but how players play because they will know, okay, this is the standard. The problem right now in talking to a few players is that nobody knows what you can and can't get away with because it's so inconsistent. If you call the rule book and say, okay, this is the standard, everybody will adjust and the game will be better off for it. But you need to have the balls to do that. Yeah, you don't even, we don't even know what, what the rules are. Like you don't even know what you can get away with. It's just... It's absurd. And well, it varies from minute to minute. Like yeah. Nick Suzuki, that penalty that Nick Suzuki got for hooking, I actually didn't even think was a penalty. Like, no, it wasn't. He, I don't know if that's a penalty in the double IHF. Like it might be, but you can't call that and then call, then not call like punching to the back of the head or like all manner of hitting from behind and cross checking. Right. And so for me, I, I'm really hoping Rogers, ESPN, and TNT kind of come together and say, that's it. That is it. We pay, I think by the end of it, it'll be each of them, it'll be close to eight or nine billion dollars collectively for TV. They have to step up and say, that's enough. I just want to be able to watch the sport that I love and also is based on my, you know, like my livelihood without being, without just like being angry like it just makes me angry because you look at the like 
they, they are sabotaging their own success. They're shooting themselves in the foot. Again. Like, this is, it's just the same thing over and over and over again. And look, we can talk about all the, you know, the failures to market and this and that, whatever. But the one you thing. You can't market that, a game that's unmarketable. Exactly. And they're making it unmarketable. Why would anyone tune in for this? Why would anyone get emotionally invested for a sport that is fixed? Basically. It's essentially, honestly, like they're getting into gambling. And th- that's the other thing is not only just the broadcasting, but like you want to have gambling, like the gambling sites are going to say, listen, like you got to crack down on this because essentially it, you, game management is in its own right match fixing. Exactly. And we had like they already let Tim Peel take the bullet for that. But we're it's seeing like, still happening. It is like you can you can predict makeup calls like like right away. It's Remember easy. how I told you I've been making money off of betting on the next penalty? Yeah, I got a well, freaking Well, like, I do literally that, did, doesn't, like, I, I haven't done it in the playoffs because it's been that bad. Like, I just, I've said that's enough. Like, and I've, I've also, you know how much it takes for me to not watch hockey? A lot. Like, okay, the last time I took a legitimate, like, break break from watching hockey was when I came home from New Jersey and I didn't watch yeah. hockey for three and a half months. That's what it takes to get me to not watch hockey. That's how disenchanted I am. I did watch parts of... Oh, here's your example. I did watch parts. So I had a friend over last night um, and I did watch parts of the game, but instead we chose to watch 90 Day Fiance because 90 Day Fiance was less chaotic than Mm. the fucking hockey game. More entertaining. Makes more sense. Like it was less unhinged. Easier to follow. 90 Day Fiance being less unhinged than anything. Remind everyone what the premise of that show is, Rachel. (laughs) The premise of that show is... People who live in the U.S. meeting people online, whether it's in like Ukraine, Syria, Jordan, Tunisia, um, Russia, like Philippines, all of that, uh, getting engaged to them without ever meeting them and then applying for the K-1 spousal visa. They come over and they have 90 days to marry and you have like all of the drama that there is a girl. Her name is Darcy and another girl. Her name is Angela. I encourage you to Google these people. They are the single most unhinged human beings I have ever come across in my entire life. And I watched them cry and yell and scream and swear last night instead of the hockey game because it was more entertaining for me. It would bring you more joy. Yeah. And also my friend that was over like doesn't watch hockey. Like, European, so and like, why we were talking they? about the Euro, whatever. So when I flipped on the game, it happened to be when that like Weber Noshek thing was going on, where like yeah. he oh boarded Weber and then like punched in the head. And my friend literally was like, "That's allowed." I'm like, "It well, is uh, no." And so imagine this being like one of the first hockey games you ever see, and then turning to someone who works in hockey and being like, "So what is happening?" And I just said, "Just." I don't even we're gonna watch in October and I will teach you what you need to know because at least in soccer while I might not like the officiating it is fucking consistent yeah at least like like for the most part yeah (laughs) yeah well Rachel you have Bachelor to watch we've reached the end of the podcast the logical end if you will um I have more alcohol to drink as well Yes, there all there is always more alcohol to drink. Um, you can find the podcast 
on Twitter at Staff Graph. You can find Rachel on Twitter at Rachel Dory. Me on Twitter at MikeyStevens81. Podcast is on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Podbean, all any podcatcher under the sun. Um, buy our merch at Redbubble at redbubble.com slash staff and graph shop and leave us a review you know we love those we love those positive reviews but if you're going to be negative at least make it entertaining so we can laugh at you for being a dork rachel before we we end this podcast do you have anything you want to leave our our lovely lovely listeners with wear a mask over your chin and nose get vaccinated and don't bet on hockey right now and couldn't go germany all right Couldn't have said that better myself. We will see you on Friday.